Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? just as guilty of defiling those vessels before God. The scripture talks about vessels of honor and dishonor. They're in the same great house. He talks about those vessels of dishonor to cleanse yourself so that you're able to be used for the master. And so before, like I said, we get too hard here on Belshazzar. Understand, you and I are the temple of the living God. You and I are to be vessels of honor. We're not to be used to defile him, to come against him. We're not to, to use our bodies to sin. It's just a good reminder. But here we see the wickedness in Belshazzar. And God's not going to stand for what he does. And so we see in verse 6, the king is going to become fearful. It says, then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him. After he sees this, so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. And not to be humorous about this, but think about that. Have you ever been so fearful or so afraid, so scared that your body, you you didn't feel like you could control it? I I told you many years ago, I was so afraid of public speaking that I, I mean, I would flunk a class if I had to. I did not want to get up in front of people. And I remember one time I had to get up in front of people and give a speech and my legs felt like jelly. Like, I could compete in athletics, I, all of that stuff I loved, but to get up in front of people and speak, it was, <laughs> I mean, I literally, my legs were like jelly. Have you ever been so scared, so nervous? But think of this, amplified probably 10 times. He's fearful. He sees a hand writing on the wall. I think if we saw a hand right on the wall right now, I think a few of us would be a little freaked out. It'd be a little scary. So, but talk about sobering him up, Right. <laughs> Here he is drinking wine. He's probably feeling pretty good. He's not feeling good anymore. Verse 7, the king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. The king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be third, the third ruler in the kingdom. He is so scared and so nervous, he does what a lot of wealthy people do, a lot of powerful people do. I will buy this. I will buy whatever I need to to make this go away. I will fix this somehow. And I've told you, being extremely wealthy and powerful like this, you know, we have people like that in the world today. It's the closest anyone will ever be to being a god, little g, because they don't really have to rely on anybody or anything. They just buy their way out of trouble or they just pay for that medical thing or, you know, they have more money than they have brains. They can do whatever they want. And so here we see this, and then in verse 8, we see that all of those soothsayers, they tried to give him advice, but they couldn't. They couldn't read the interpretation. And then in verse 9, then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. When they couldn't do it, his countenance was changed, and his lords were, uh, were astonished. Now, this is what it's saying. He thought his problem could be solved by throwing money at it like he usually did. They come to him and they say, no matter what price you give us, we cannot tell you what this is. We don't know. And then it says 
that his countenance was changed, that means he turned even more pale. His lords were astonished, and what it means is they had never seen him this fearful. They had never seen him like this. So in essence, it was freaking them all out. They didn't know what to think of all this. And now, enter his mom. His mom's going to come into the scene, and she seems to have some sense. And we don't know if she became a follower of the one true God like her father, Nebuchadnezzar, did. But she certainly learned from his lessons. You can tell just from what she says here. But what we're finding out is she has to tell Belshazzar about Daniel. He didn't know about Daniel, or at least not much about Daniel. So this means her husband, Nabonidus, and the son, Belshazzar, never called upon Daniel. I'm sure Daniel would have been a pretty big buzzkill for pagan rituals, you know what I mean? But he had been relegated to obscurity. And this is something I want to encourage you with, because sometimes in our lives, sometimes in ministry, we feel like we've been relegated. That God doesn't really remember us over here just serving, cleaning tables, or doing whatever we're doing. But understand, God has a purpose and a plan for everything. When we are called to do ministry, it's on God's timetable. When we're called to serve, it's on his timetable. Now, serve always, but sometimes it feels like we've been relegated or like God forgot about us. Don't ever believe that for a second. It's all about God's timing. And in his perfect timing, he will raise you up. He's going to do that again with Daniel. And he does it through this this faithful woman. Verse 11, she comes to Belshazzar, her son, and she says, There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, now notice what she says here, your father, your father, the king, in other words, she's saying he was a real king. That's what she's saying here. Made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. So she says, the king even named him a pagan name. But then she goes back to his godly name. Do you see this? Now let Daniel be called, and he will give you the interpretation. So this is just an indication, really, of how dumb this king was, Belshazzar. Because even if his mom had probably told him, you you know, for me, as a son who was a little rebellious, and again, that's hard to believe, I know, but I kind of hear between the lines here, I kind of think she'd probably tried to tell him before. I just get the inference there. I can almost hear her eyes rolling when she's giving him this answer. I told you before. But obviously he didn't. He didn't listen. And again, he probably didn't want Daniel around or he really didn't know about him because he was all about the pagan gods. But here we see she, she tells him all about Daniel. And then what the king's going to do is, you know, he wrestled with all this. It's like deja vu all over again, like Yogi Berra used to say. He went to the soothsayers, to the Chaldeans, to all these magicians first And when they failed him, finally he called on Daniel. And remember, that's what his grandfather did before his grandfather was broken mightily by God. So look at verse 16. He calls Daniel in, and he's going to give him this little schmooze. He's going to schmooze him. Verse 16, and I have heard of you. So Daniel comes before the king, that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation... You shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck, and you shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. So what that's saying in the original language is, is, I have personally heard of you. Do you see how he's trying to take credit? His mom just told him about Daniel. He probably didn't know, but now he's trying to schmooze him. You ever been around those people? You ever been around those salesmen? And if you do this, I'm, I'm sorry ahead of time, but just repeat your name constantly. 
You know, oh, hey, Marty, nice to meet you, Marty. Hey, Marty, what are you looking for today in that car, Marty? And they just keep saying this, and it's like, what are you trying to prove? Stop saying my name, (laughs) okay? I get it, you know my name. Am I the only one? I'm sorry. But he's trying to schmooze him. He's trying to butter him up a little bit because he wants this answer. He's desperate. But this is what I love. Did you notice Daniel's response? Verse 17, then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. For those of you who now understand Daniel is not a young man anymore. He's probably in his 80s. Okay, he's he's in his 80s. He's an older man. And for those of you who've um, achieved a certain age, is that a good way to put it? You just don't care about certain things anymore. Maybe, uh, do you notice this? You just kind of, especially those that serve the Lord, things just don't bug you anymore. The things that used to motivate you just don't motivate you anymore. You you know, somebody comes to schmooze you and you've got such wisdom because of life experience, you just look at them, shake your head and go, I know what you want. And you just kind of get to that point. And it's not cantankerous. (laughs) It's just really wise. You just get to a point where you don't need it. And as you grow in the Lord and as you know that that he's all you need, you no longer need the junk in this world. And so when they come to you and they try to get you to compromise with things of the world, you're no longer interested. Have you noticed that as you get older or more mature in the Lord? It's really an awesome thing. But I love it. Daniel's like, no, keep your junk. But I'm going to tell you what it says. Now, some speculate that what's going on here is the words that are written on the wall are written in ancient Hebrew. That's what many scholars believe, is that it was in ancient Hebrew. Now, Aramaic, Chaldean language, is similar to Hebrew, but there are, the words are a bit different. Now, some speculate it is in ancient Hebrew. It's in that perfect form of Hebrew. And just, just my opinion, um, this is a side note, I think in heaven we'll probably speak some perfect form of Hebrew. And again, that's my own bias, but I just, I'm speculating. We'll, when we get there, it won't matter. But, but Hebrew is a beautiful language, ancient Hebrew especially. And so some say this is probably written in ancient Hebrew that they couldn't read, but that Daniel could read, obviously. But some say, no, it was probably just written in the common language, but it was shielded from their eyes. And it was written in such a way that it demanded interpretation. Now, I I don't really know which it was because scripture doesn't tell us exactly. But either way, it doesn't matter if it's both. Daniel is needed for the interpretation. And so God raises him up. Now, what Daniel does first, I love as a teacher. I love this. Now, I will just tell you, as a teacher, I make everyone around me miserable. And I get that. My family, everything's a teachable moment. Have you ever been around a teacher or are you a teacher where everything is a teachable moment? You know, you see a sunset and you go, let me tell you about the sunset. You know, and then you make it a teachable moment. and Everyone's just looking at you going, really? Even now? But Daniel's going to make this a teachable moment. I love this. But he's going to turn it into a life lesson for Belshazzar, a Bible study, really. Verse 18. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. And whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his spirit was hardened in pride. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.